This episode of Street Focus is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code STREETFOCUS at checkout and get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today, my guest is street photographer and author Gordon Lewis. His book, Street Photography, The Art of Capturing the Candid Moment, was just published at our friends at Rocky Nook. And I really enjoyed the book and various, uh, more specifically, a chapter about style. And that's something that, you know, you don't see in every books about street photography. So I, I, I thought that was really interesting that he has an entire chapter devoted on that. And uh, I thought we'd, uh, we'd discuss this a little bit more during the show. What is style and how do you define your style? Welcome, Gordon. Well, thank you uh, for having me on the show, Valerie. Great. So let, tell us a little bit about yourself and your photography before we, uh, we delve into the subject of defining your style. Well, uh, I've been involved in photography for well over 40 years. I'm in my early 60s. Uh, I would say I got interested because my father was a darkroom lab technician, so he'd oh. be bringing home prints. He actually didn't shoot that much, but he did print. So okay. I got interested, I guess, in the darkroom side of it. It seemed the kind magic. of cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to be in there and see it come up. And that, that was really the attraction for me. So um, I started in darkroom work because, you know, back then there was no digital. Uh, and uh, that was the attraction, just seeing the prints come up and taking photos of, of my friends. And then as I got older, went through college, I went to college at Harvard. So this was Cambridge, Massachusetts, Boston. Big change of scene from where I was born, which was Los Angeles. Now I was in a place where it was much more... Uh, condensed urban. You could just take a bus or a train and get somewhere and there would be all these people walking around and there would be Italian markets and you, you, you see what a, a lot more street life. And that's when I think I got more serious about street photography. Okay. Um, and and uh, what, uh, what did you shoot with originally? What was your camera of choice when you were still shooting film in your early street photography days? Well, the first decent camera I had was a Mamiya Secor 500DTL, ah. which had a screw mount lens. I would say uh, the first good camera I had was a Canon rangefinder. Okay. Um, and uh, then when I was in college, I would say most of my shooting was done with a Pentax Spotmatic. Okay. Which was nice because it was small, uh, and yet you could control it very easily. And, and what do you shoot with now? Uh, I have a variety of cameras. Uh -huh. Do you still shoot film? <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, I do. Uh, my favorite film camera is a, a Nikon FM3A, okay. which I like because uh, you can get, uh, you know, aperture preferred shooting, but you can also set it manually. Um, and it's just very easy to control. Everything's very direct. You don't have to worry about modes. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so I'll uh, load in some 400-speed color film and go out shooting. Nice. Do you, do you do your own processing then? 
No, I'll uh, send the film out for processing, and uh, then they'll burn the images to a CD. I don't get prints. Yeah. So I basically use the CD to preview all of my images, mm -hmm. and if I see one that really jumps out at me, I have a Nikon film scanner, and then I'll do a high-risk scan. Okay, great. Well, I thought we'd get the gear out of the way right away. <laughs> so have you been shooting mostly street then all those years, or do you have interest in other types of photography? Well, I would say my personal work was mostly street. When I lived in Los Angeles, which again was where I was born, I also did uh, some commercial work, um, some architectural work, and a lot of uh, portraiture because you have all the actors and models. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did. So, nice. Yeah. So I really loved doing all that. But my personal work was, was more often street. I just mm -hmm. would like slinging a camera over my shoulder and wandering around because I like wandering around anyway. So yep. why not have a camera on my shoulder? That's right. And get lost on purpose, as I always say. Yeah. There you go. Love you know, it. or as the French would call it being a, what is it? Flaneur? Flaneur. Yes. Yes. yes, there you go. It's a good, good expression for it. And yeah, I was just in LA this year for the first time and really enjoyed such a different vibe from one coast to another. Where do you live now? I live in Philadelphia, okay. well, actually just outside of Philadelphia, Philly metro area. Okay. So how, how often do you hit the streets? Oh, I would say I would do a, a serious street jaunt probably about four times a year. Okay. And that might not sound like much, but uh, I have a pretty good hit rate. So, uh, and, and that's not counting travels. I've been to, uh, as I mentioned, France. I've been to Ecuador, uh, Portugal, just different places. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do so, um, street photography in that case, but it's sort of more street travel, if you okay. know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, that's how they start getting into street. I mean, myself, mm. I never, when I started doing street photography, that was only during my travels at first. And then, because uh, I didn't see much potential in, in the Minneapolis area. I thought that's something you do when you travel. And, uh, and then you realize that you can see your city through such different eyes if you start looking at it through your lens and looking for stories. So uh, you don't, right. yeah, you don't need to travel. Yeah. Once you develop the eye, you realize, well, everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're never bored. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I would be if I was in the middle of the wilderness, but... Oh, here. <laughs> um, so the book, is it your first book? It's my first first book uh, on photography. Um, before I did the book, I had done a lot of, uh, well, I, I'd done a blog called Shutterfinger, which is still on the net, but I don't okay. do it anymore. But anyone interested in it can easily find it just by Googling the term Shutterfinger. Okay. Um, and it was because of the blog that I was approached by the publisher of, uh, at Rocky Nook. He said, well, would you, uh, you know, I really like your writing and your photography. Would you be interested in doing a book? And to be honest with you, I was resistant to the idea. Because yeah. <laughs> you have to understand, uh, I, I, I'm a writer by profession. I'm actually an instructional designer. I design web-based training for companies. And oh, so... Okay. I'm in front of a computer writing all day long. Yeah. And then, of course, because I do so much digital photography, that's also in front of a computer. So mm -hmm. the idea of doing a book and spending more time in front of a computer is like, yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm then you still agreed, huh? <laughs> I still, well, 
I talked it over with my wife and she said, what are you crazy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand everything you're saying, but this is not an opportunity that always comes by and you know, you can pass it by if you'd like, but then I don't want to hear any complaints about from you mm-hmm. about why, you know, why, you know, I wish I got, could get more people interested in my photography. Yeah. So how would you, how would you describe the book for anybody who, who is, uh, you know, who, who, who is starting street photography? Is that, is it more for beginners or is, can, can somebody, anyone can find something in there? I mean, well, I know the answer because I read it, but. Yeah, I would say that it's um, really gets both ends, but not necessarily the advanced street photography. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to do was to uh, write a book that doesn't get too heavily into technique because in my frank opinion, this is not a, a style of photography that requires a lot of technique. No. I mean, if you're doing macro photography, if you're doing interiors that involve a lot of lighting, then the equipment and the technique are very important. But with today's automated cameras, autofocus, auto exposure, getting a well-exposed a uh, sharp picture or uh, people on the street is not particularly difficult. True. It's about seeing, huh? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get more into like, well, okay, how can you produce something uh, better than what most people do when they talk about street photography? Because frankly, you go on Flickr, you'll just see thousands upon thousands of image that, images that all look alike. People wandering around on the street, Yeah. No, sharp, well-exposed pictures of people wandering on the street. Well, um, you're not really going to distinguish yourself if if that's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, and I won't criticize people if that if they get satisfaction from that. But all I'm saying is, this is this is pretty much run of the mill. It's average. It's okay, but it's not going to separate you from anyone else doing the same thing. And you, you actually have an entire chapter at the end defi- uh, for, um, that is, let me see, uh, chapter six called What Makes a Great Street Photos. And and you go through, you know, the different elements that make a, a, a strong composition, you know, strong subject, light, and so forth. Um, but the, the one chapter, I think it's a chapter before that, chapter five, that um, I found really interesting is the one where you define style. Right. And uh, it's not something, you know, it's something that everybody is so into. It's like, how do I get my own style? How do I, um, how do, do I make my work stand out and truly unique? And, uh, and we all know that style is something very, very personal. I mean, obviously it's, it's personal experiences and some technical aptitude that will define your style, but it's ever-changing, too. So how, how do you define style when a photographer asks you? Well, the analogy I use is, is that it's really an, ex- an outward expression of your inner, inner being. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everyone, for example, has a style of writing. To the extent that there are people who, if they study it, can tell a lot about you just from your handwriting. Um, You can tell about people from the way they dress, the way they wear their hair, the way they speak. You know, there are all these everyday outward expressions of style. So you can develop a style of photography if 
you uh, want to. Um, and in some cases, you may even be unaware that you have a style yeah. until someone points it out to you because it's just so normal to you yeah. that you're unaware of it. That's right. And, and people think that a lot of people want to, to imitate and and um, others because they think their work is so cool and and there is a, 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 a I'll quote a, a sentence you wrote in your book that says there are limitless possibilities if you originate but only limited possibilities if you duplicate which I thought was so well written and uh, and it's so true so could you but expand on that a little bit uh, but what, but that said I, I you know there is some value in duplication in yeah. the sense that uh, I'll use a, a musical analogy. I play guitar, mm -hmm. uh, and for a lot of musicians, it's very common to uh, try to copy the style of someone they admire. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So it's yeah. sort of like, oh, I really like Eric Clapton, or I, I really like this other person. So you try to copy that, but then you say, oh, but you know. Who who inspired Eric Clapton? Oh, well, it was a little B.B. King, a little Albert King. Okay, so I'm going to study that. Oh, and I sort of like this sort of countryish thing. That this, uh, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And after a while, it begins to morph into your own style because you've taken a little bit of this, True. a little bit of that. So it's not purely any one of those things. Those influences become your style. Mm -hmm. That is a good point. Because really, you... You you have to to um, follow your heart and and if if something if you see something somebody's work that moves you well then it's telling you something yes, you know yes mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you should say wow I'm really drawn to this what do I like about it yeah and and of course this is what the masters were doing I mean a lot of the masters of photography as you well know uh, you know street photography mm -hmm. basically began in France. Uh, and I think it was because a lot of these photographers were influenced by, um, you know, the art education. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they are thinking very consciously about light and shade form. Um, they're thinking about use of color, uh, those who shot with color. And it, it's, it's conscious. It's not accident. So I would say that as you begin to develop a style, you become more conscious and intentional about what subjects you choose and how you like to shoot them. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example, my own style. Um, I really like, um, uh, when I'm shooting color, I like selective color. So I'll look for a scene where maybe there's a brick wall and uh, there's a blue doorway mm -hmm. with a blue door. So if I see someone who's walking past who has uh, maybe a yellow shirt or red, that's a nice color contrast, yes. and they're only those two colors. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, frame that right and look for good lighting. That enhances it even more. So I'm looking for sort of graphic looks, but with the softness you see in the human element. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus, and that's our friends over at Squarespace.com. I'm quite excited that Squarespace is sponsoring my show because I've been a Squarespace customer 
for quite a few years. And I've had several websites prior to Squarespace. I probably had three or four in my photography career before I discovered Squarespace. And it seems like there was always a problem. Well, you know me, I'm not techie. And uh, the minute that I need to do a little bit of coding, I kind of freak out. And uh, when I discovered Squarespace and realized how easy it was, I mean, basically drag and drop, I was just thrilled. I thought this has been designed for people just like me. And I never looked back. I can't even imagine switching now. Um, the team has always been very responsive. Whenever I had a question, um, they'd be responsive 24-7. And it was great. I remember when I tried it, I didn't even have to put a credit card number, which is great because you know how that goes. You put your credit card number to try something and then you forget about it. You ignore the reminder and then you get charged. With Squarespace, you can just start your trial without entering any credit card information. If you like it, you keep it and then you start paying. If you don't like it, you don't have to go through with it. It's that simple. And believe me, you're going to love the experience. It's so intuitive and easy to use. And they use state-of-the-art technology to power your site, to ensure security and stability, which is so important. And, uh, and it looks good on any device, whether you look at your website on a phone or a tablet or a desktop. And it's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. Getting a beautiful website on Squarespace starts as low as $8 a month. And you get a free domain if you signed up for a year. So start your free trial site today. As I said, no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com. And if you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use offer code STREETFOCUS to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So, um, but there is style, you know, sometimes I feel like, and people tell me, oh, I, I can tell it's, it's your photography, but I'm, I shoot so many different types of thing. I go from very minimalist, you know, um, the human element in the urban landscape to, to getting really close to people. So I, I'm so all over the place because I, I don't want to limit myself. Um, is that something that affects your style or, or determines whether you develop a style or not? If you too, or should you just stick to something more specific so that your style is easily recognizable? Because I see a lot of photographers that consistently photograph the same type of subject in the same type of framing, same light. I mean, you know, it's their work, but okay. When does it become a rut then? Well, you know, that's, that's, uh, I can't give you a definitive answer on that except to say it depends. I yeah. mean, because, for example, we can look at a photographer like Ralph Gibson, and you can tell a Ralph Gibson image mm-hmm. because he almost always shot with a Leica. He used uh, black and white film. He developed it to, to enhance the grain. It was often very contrasty. Um, it was sort of dream uh, sequences, sort of abstract images. And so uh, you could say, well... Toward the end of his career, he became a cliche because everything he shot looked like himself. And I think that's a little harsh because it's like, well, that's like saying you recognize someone's voice. I mean, this is is, is who they are and how they are. Mm -hmm. And they were successful with it. Now, if you're a commercial photographer or you're you're not strictly 
uh, shooting for yourself? Well, of course, you want to be responsive to what the client's looking for. Sure. But then there is also an extent to which if your style is not easily distinguished from any other photographers, what competitive edge do you have? Mm -hmm. so you see what I'm saying? So you're always trying to balance these factors. So just to get it back to the fundamental for most of the audience, if you're not a pro and you're out shooting, it's fine for you to develop your own style, but that doesn't mean that everything you shoot has to have the same style. Mm -hmm. But it certainly does help if you want to put together a portfolio of your work. Somebody says, well, I'd like to do a gallery showing. Well, if you have 25 images and all 25 look very different from each other, people say, well, your work isn't cohesive. I can't sell this. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you may have a black and white portfolio. Then you say, well, OK, I'm done with that. Now I'm shooting color. So then you have a color portfolio and you say, well, I'm tired of the saturated colors. Now I'm going to go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can do that. But it, it, having a style, having some sense of cohesion to hold your work together really does help. Yeah. So it all depends what you want to do. I mean, most street yeah. photographers are doing this just for themselves, you know, just for the, the love of being out there on the street in the zone. And um, yeah, they like recognition. Everybody does. But ultimately, you do that to make, you know, just for your own satisfaction. And and then then why then want why want to define a style? It really shouldn't matter that much. I it mean, you won't come out if it does. And but you can't force it, really. Uh, yeah, I think I can generally tell when someone's trying to force it. And thank really? you for bringing that up. Well, let's <laughs> we've all seen it, Valerie. It's like you go and you see an image is like, oh, well, somebody pushed the slider all the way to the right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh somebody applied filter number 23. I can see that. Oh, you know, use use this uh, preset much. You know what I mean? In yeah. other words, the, in in the attempt to uh, give their work a style, they force something onto it that doesn't necessarily belong there. Okay, more of a um, in a post processing then. Yes, in the post processing. Okay, yeah, I and, see that. Yeah, and to use the food analogy, it's like it's it's overcooked or over seasoned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it's you can't make a bad street photograph into a good one by just sliding a few sliders in Lightroom. Right. But it will stand out because, you know, it's a little more edgy or or it's more contrasty, but that's but it's also very superficial. Mm -hmm. Sure. Again, to use a music analogy, it's like, well, you know, I suppose you could get more attention by, you know, turning it up <laughs> yeah. or, or playing faster than someone else or playing a lot slower. But that doesn't necessarily make it better and sometimes some of the best work is the more subtle work where yeah. you really have to it's it's not going to grab you it's up to you to pay attention true true and and i think yeah people rely a lot on the on the plugins and all those i mean it's it's tempting there's so much cool stuff out there that you can do with your with your your files when you get into post processing but to me the the, the beauty of a real good street photograph. I mean, besides the fact that obviously it's um, there is a story, there is a there is light gesture. There, it's also the more simple processing um, well, yeah, that will know, stand out. It's timeless. 
Yeah, you know, it, I hear you saying, well, I I don't know if I have a style, Gordon, because I work us all, all all over the place. Well, I would invite any of the listeners to visit uh, to visit Valerie's website, take a look at her work, you know, and yes, you'll find interiors, you'll find food, you'll find street and color and in black and white, et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm seeing when I look at it, I say, well, you know, um, I, I don't see anything extreme about it. It's like you go for subtlety and richness and yeah. tones. It's like, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of harsh highlights or I'm not seeing a lot of black shadows. The tones are very rich. There's a little glow to them. Everything's clean. The white balance is clean. It just looks very uh, effortless, and but deceptively so. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I think it reflects your personality. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Actually, I do still, I, I don't shoot commercially anymore, but for some reason I cannot remove my commercial portfolio from my website. I don't know if I should or not. And maybe I should because because I don't do that anymore. But on the other hand, it shows what I've done and yes. and the style of my photography when I was shooting for clients. But now I just shoot for myself and, and mostly street. And uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah, there must be a consistency that I don't, and I, as you say, it's effortless. I don't try. I don't try. Yep. And that's, the, that's really the ultimate goal. You should not try. It should yes. come naturally. Yes, there's, there's something inside saying to you, this is the right place to put this light. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm going to, you know, this balance is a little off. I want it to look like this. And, you know, these are just things that you do, and they're, yeah. they're second nature to you, and that's what makes it your style. Now, yeah. it may not be a very narrow style. Some styles are just so narrow yeah. that, boom, I mean, it's like, oh, it's this and nothing else. Yeah. Whereas, of course, if you're going to be selling uh, and appealing to a broader audience, you and say, teaching. Uh, yeah. and teaching, yeah, you yeah. say, there are different ways to do this, and here are some examples. Yeah. From my own work. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends on, on your goal. Yeah. What you want to do with your photography. That's that's so true. Um, and uh, that's that's really a good point. You also wrote uh, in that chapter, it's up to you to look inward and discover what moves you. Yep. And uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, um, you know... Because style is an expression of your inner self, mm-hmm. the better you know yourself and, and are aware of what you're feeling and what you're thinking, the more intentional you can be about your photography. Um, so as over the years, I found myself saying, wow, I really like uh, Elliot Erwitt and his eye for humor. Yeah. Um, I really like um, this other photographer um, because of the way he uses color. Oh, I really like this other photographer for for the way she can approach people and get uh, photos that just look so natural as if you actually knew this person. Mm-hmm. So you you find the things like, like, wow, that really appeals to me. Or on the other hand, you start to look at your pictures, and this is something that happens with time. You know, you, it generally isn't going to happen if you've only been shooting for one or two years unless you've been shooting a lot. Mm-hmm. But as you accumulate images, you begin to see, boy, I, I do a lot of this. 
I don't tend to like long uh, focal length lenses. I like wide angle lenses. So oh, I, I like dramatic angles. Uh, you know, that soft, mushy lighting doesn't really do it for me. You know, these are not right or wrong. It's not like you should prefer one form of light over another. But when you do, that's, that's part of who you are and what yeah. moves you. That's true. And, and the camera will influence your style. by Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I can give you a great example. Back in the day, uh, I went out to um, uh, Venice Beach, uh, which people who've been there know it's sort of like uh, an outdoor carnival uh, mm-hmm. that has a long boardwalk and you'll get skateboarders and skaters and people on bikes and people juggling chainsaws. It's just an outdoor circus. So I went there with a Pentax 6x7, which is a huge camera. I mean, it takes film uh, that's 120 millimeters wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get like maybe nine shots per roll and a big mirror that just would just slam. You would think it would be the worst camera for street photography. But because the people out there were basically exhibitionists, they, they, they were not self-conscious about my having a big camera. In fact, the bigger the camera, the better. <laughs> yeah, they were happy. They were in the spotlight. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now, granted, I had to engage in conversations people, yeah. because people were saying, wow, that's a really big camera. What kind of camera is that? Mm-hmm. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got all these really highly detailed, beautiful photos um, uh, but I didn't do a lot of them because after about an hour or hour and a half of carrying that thing around, I yeah. was done. <laughs> yeah, it is heavy. <laughs> um, and you're right. I mean, my my photography changed when I when I sold my DSLR gear and I switched to a smaller um, compact rangefinder type camera. Tell me and, what what. Um, well, how it changed. No, no, what camera? Oh, I shoot with the Fuji X100S, which is a fixed 23-millimeter oh, f- lens. You can't change it. You know, that's yeah. what you have. And yeah. and just those limitations, uh, my work improved. Uh, and I know I've done my best work since I switched to that camera, and that's all I shoot with. Oh, that's um, a great point, Valerie, a really great point. Li- limitations can help you. Yeah. Well, because then the camera becomes an extension of your vision. It doesn't get in the way. You don't have to think about, oh, I need to change lens here and, and, and carry a bunch of gear with you. And, um, and I think it helps you define that style because then you're going to be consistent with that focal length anyways. You're exactly right. That really helps with style because, yeah, you're right. You're not, you know, you're not thinking, oh, why didn't I bring my telephoto? It's like there is yeah. no telephoto. This is the lens. Mm-hmm. And if you shoot with it enough, you know exactly what you're going to see yeah. when you raise it to your eye. Exactly. Oh, yep. You see the photo. It's like, okay, three steps closer, click. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think, um, I, I, I don't know if, if, you're, if you think the same way, but people shouldn't, okay, Young photographers that are really into, okay, I need to define a style, fine, just stop thinking about it, just let it happen, and then 
And then once they feel like they develop a style, they have their own style, then not to be afraid to experiment because style will evolve. You, it, you sh it shouldn't oh, be right. because it, it evolves with life experiences. So we each have a completely different style, no matter what. I mean, it could be very similar from one person to another, but it's going to be, it's never going to be the same because it's so influenced by our personal experiences and our experiences change, you know, from the time you're 20 to the time you're 30, 40, 50 and so forth. So, so your style will evolve, will evolve. And I don't think people should be stuck and feel like, oh, no, 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 I, I should really stick to this because it's working. Well, you're right. That goes back to what you were saying earlier about mm -hmm. how some photographers are, you know, so known by their style that, you know, in a way it can become a trap for them yeah. because, you know, it, you're right. If your style doesn't grow or change, you run the risk that, um, you know, what made you so hot and so noticed is now, you know, commonplace and nobody cares about it. That's anymore. true. Yeah. I mean, for in a commercial example, remember when everybody was just like into that look where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to up the clarity and it's just going to look super sharp. And, yeah. Yeah. You're like now you're going, oh, man, that was so four years ago. It, well, exactly. And that's what I that's one thing that I don't want to get into is. I mean, I don't mind people being able to date my photograph by, you know, the cars that you see in the background yeah. or oh, people yeah. using cell phones, but not by the processing. Um, oh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, to use, I love analogies is to use a clothing analogy. It's like bell bottoms are fine, but do you want to wear them all the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, true. certain things yeah. are in fashion and you're wearing yeah. them because they're in fashion, but you keep wearing it and people start saying, what's, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're fads and yes. same in photography. Yes. But those fads, it, I mean, hence the word fad, they die. And, and I think if you, if you're really serious about your photography, try not to fall into those trap traps and, and then get stuck there. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. I mean, there are things that are fads and other things are clearly classics. Yeah. You can never go wrong with good lighting. Yeah. Now, the definition of good lighting may change slightly, but, you know, we know good lighting when we see it. And if you know how to light, you can just adapt your lighting. Your lighting can change. Um, uh, there can be a lot of versatility, but you still know what you're doing. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, Gordon, this has been a really fun conversation. And uh, I would invite everyone to check out the book and read more about that. And, and also the, the final chapter about what makes a strong street photograph, which is something that I, you know, I, I teach and um, I, I give presentations about because, as you mentioned at the beginning, and we could do an entire new show on this is, you know, not every, not every photograph of people crossing the street is an interesting street photograph and uh, and what to look for when you're out shooting. So that will be for another show, but I really, really enjoyed our, our conversation about style because that's something we, you know, we don't discuss that often, but it's always something that people want to, you know, know more about and how do I do this and how do I do that? Any last, last tip, last advice for well, our listeners? Well, yes, thank you for asking. Uh, you know, what I would invite anyone who... Uh, has found this conversation interesting to do is start looking um, on the net or, or find books and just consciously say, well, what is this photographer's style? What do I like about it? Or why don't I like it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So because once you start looking at that, you say, oh, I see what it is they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. I could do that, or I see what it is they're doing. I, that, I mean, that doesn't particularly move me, but yeah. that's interesting. You see what I'm saying? Then you can become more intentional and sort of more aware as to what you're doing. Yeah, and and listen to your heart. You know, just oh, shoot yeah. with your heart because, yeah. you know, don't overthink composition. You know, just be aware of it. But when it all clicks together, you'll just know it, and your heart will tell you. Oh, absolutely. Those will be the photos where someone will say, oh, why'd you do that? Or that sucks. And you just say to yourself, I don't give a damn what you think. That's right. <laughs> this is what I love and I'm going to keep doing it. That's right. Awesome. Well, Gordon, where? so tell us again, where can people find the book, first of well, all? Um, I've seen it in Barnes & Noble bookstores. If mm-hmm. you want to go into a physical store, uh, some of the smaller independents may have it. I'm sure they can order it. If you want to do the online thing, uh, you can certainly get it from Amazon. Um, right now, it's trending number one in photojournalism. So nice. It's doing pretty well. So, yeah, just do a, a search on Google for street photography, the art of the candid moment, of capturing the candid moment, and you'll find it. Yeah, and it retails for twenty nine ninety five, um, and print version. Yeah, it comes also in an ebook. Yep, and cool. you can also do go directly to the Rocky Nook uh, website as well to to download it. So, yep. and where can people see more of your work? Well, uh, let's see. Um, there's my Shutterfinger yes. uh, blog, mm-hmm. um, and also if you search on Shutterfinger, you'll find uh, my portfolios on Zenfolio. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gordon. And I'll put all the links uh, on the show notes as well as samples of your work. And thank you for spending uh, this uh, half hour with me talking about style. Well, thank you, uh, Valerie. I, I, it's, 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 it was very satisfying for me as well, and I appreciate uh, the conversation. It's always, always fun to, to talk shop with other street photographers. <laughs> we could go forever. <laughs> Thank you, and we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and check out our Street Focus group on Facebook and our community on Google+. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Street Focus.